1: Is an outrage. Broadcasting live from
0: the KVEC studios in San Luis Obispo. What
1: economy are you talking about? It's time
0: for Mortgage
1: Matters.
3: All right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Mortgage Matters and welcome to November. That's pretty exciting, huh? These months are just whizzing by. Hard to believe. Hard to believe. Yeah, definitely. Got Halloween behind
4: us. Now it's time to put up the Christmas tree, right? It's amazing, isn't it? Still have Thanksgiving. Hold your horses. Yeah. You know, let's not forget about Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving gets pushed to the side. (laughs) Seriously. You think so? Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah, because well, it sounds know, like for Dan, Thanksgiving's basically like the that's
5: starting line for the holidays. Yeah, yeah, that's the Christmas for my stomach.
4: <laughs> there that's it the is. Good yeah. stuff. I know, but it's kind of sad. I mean, sometimes it just kind of, you know, you get Halloween and now you get all the decorations and costumes in the stores for Halloween and then as soon as that comes down, all that stuff, you know, for Christmas comes up. So it's kind of like, you know, it just kind of gets pushed to the wayside. You yeah. Know. I had a couple of uh
3: Yesterday, I met with a, a some folks yeah. from that work at Home Depot, and they were saying they're already having all kinds of meetings about getting ready for all of the holiday, all mm-hmm. the Christmas stuff. The Christmas yeah. tree lot is coming soon. Great. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Mm-hmm. They were talking mm-hmm. about how they just got announced that they were going to have to work on Black Friday. Huh.
4: I thought a lot of that was going away. The Black Friday yeah, stuff. People last couple got of years, I
3: think there's a handful of retailers that, that were no. um, just looking to to bow out of it, you know, thinking you know, it does more for employee morale and public relations. All yeah. these things, if you're not, it kind of got trendy, right? Yeah. What, Camping World or no, REI? Uh, one R- of R- those R- was the R- first R- one, R- yeah. and many to follow. Well, Home Depot is going to be open on Black Friday. I heard that yesterday. Pretty exciting stuff. You know, then what? You have Small Business Saturday right after that. Cyber Monday. Yeah. Online Auction Tuesday.
4: <laughs> Let's see. Let's see if I figure out if there's anybody new. Oh, wow. Long list. Yeah.
3: Big retailers.
4: Ooh, Costco. Uh, Closing yeah, yeah.
3: Black Friday.
4: Uh, let's see.
5: If that's what that was. Yeah, it said looking at it. Right Costco
3: is one. Well. They're open on Thanksgiving Day.
5: Uh
3: Costco.
4: Costco until like noon or something. Yeah, Black Friday are going to be closed. It was, um You're one of those
5: scroll happy people, aren't you? You scroll yeah. too fast. You just are moving. It's I'm, just like, I'm like ah, I'm like
4: ripping There's up.
5: information my eyes are trying to Sorry. scan there.
4: Uh oh. Guitar Center, ooh. IKEA, ooh, Marshall's, home ooh. goods. Closed, yeah. There's just some big ones.
3: Search Coast lending closed for Black Friday. It's a <laughs> it's a catch it's a good up catch up day. day. <laughs> oh,
5: are we closed on Monday? Friday? No, uh, we're Friday is the Friday November 10th is the observed um yeah week from yesterday. What is it
3: Veterans Day? Observed. Yeah, I saw. I'm always like head down, last one to know. But I saw yesterday some—it's uh, bank holiday and escrow will be closed because yep. they can't do any wires or do any recording. Yep. So is it in our handbook that Friday's a day off? It. Well, yeah, it is
4: three day weekend.
5: <laughs> three day weekend. Crazy. So it's catch up day. It's a <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Whatever staff you... can go home at three as long as everything's caught up. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Scrooge. (laughs) Yeah. um. It's not Christmas Eve. It's Veterans Day observed.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I always thought Veterans Day was like Friday and Monday, but you just get one or the other is the bank part. Here's the real question. Veteran or veteran? veteran? There's an E. It's veteran, right? Am I wrong? That's what I say What did you say, Jim? Veteran. Veteran? Just cutting out the, I the E?
4: I think I'm probably wrong. A veteran. Yeah. I'll tell you what.
3: <laughs> I'm going to look it up. Where is Siri when you need her? She'll probably tell you. She'll start responding if you ask her here. <laughs>
6: I'm,
3: I'm looking at dictionary, looking at the phonetic spelling. Veteran is a three-syllable word. Ah, there yeah, you it's, go. I think it's quite very, clearly, I'm right? Quite you're right. clearly, you're right, veteran. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm glad I wasn't saying that one wrong. I, I do have a tendency to to confidently say something wrong for a long time, and then I've even been known to argue it. <laughs> glad I got that one right. Oh man pull-up veteran, right? Of course, you get the phonetic spelling definition, Wikipedia entry. Right after that, you know how Google just throws you up images? Mm-hmm. Guess what the images are?
5: Oh. M- military personnel? Kneeling football players.
3: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? <laughs>
5: <laughs> They're not veterans. Oh,
3: Google. Oh, Google. No, but they want to just throw whatever's the, you know... Clickable, newsworthy, uh, time-relevant info right up at the top. Oh, Google. Um, wow. Well, how was the week,
4: guys? It was amazing. Well, it was good, actually. Any? was yeah. a, uh, well, this is back on Sports World Series. Yeah, oh, was my, my goodness. How exciting. How exciting. Wow. Yeah. I um
3: in fact just this morning my wife said, What are you gonna do today? Yeah. I saw some things to catch up on, a few chores to do. She said, No base no baseball. <laughs> it's over. I'm like, I know. This is the this is the dark side of the moon for me for a few months here. Yeah. No baseball at all. I don't I
5: just don't even know what to do with myself. I had no idea how many Dodger fans there were around here, <laughs> but it was very evident to me on Halloween mm-hmm. the neighborhood we went trick or treating in last year it was like a oh. it was a block party it was yeah. an outdoor block party. parents had cub their, shirts on they had their costumes on and beverage of choice in their non red cup as they're walking the streets with their kids and there's kids just running everywhere there's a sea of people yeah. this year it's like every house you went to first of all there wasn't a sea of people secondly yeah. every house you knocked on um they'd like tell you the score when you got to the front door yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah <it> crazy.
4: <laughs> yeah it was like i was surprised though because like it, pretty much they had it in the first 10 minutes of the game uh, yeah you know like well, Seriously. our
5: entire softball league got cancelled on Wednesday because yeah. of game seven. Yeah. We trick or treated up in the lakes, which is a you know, one of the premier
3: Task neighborhoods. Yeah. And uh there was Yeah, it was similar. A lot of people walking in the street listening to the game, parents. And then there were doors <laughs> with the front door open. We actually went into somebody's living room at a at one point, um yeah. watching. <laughs> Uh, it was like, yeah, come on in. <laughs> Jock Peterson just hit a home run right? <laughs> right now. Oh my God. You
6: know.
5: And so, but yeah, there was a lot of dodgy fans out. Yeah. Um, I saw a lot of one parent managing 10 to 12 kids because they must have drawn the short straw. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: Stay at home to watch a baseball. Uh, it, was, it was good, though. It was good. It was fun,
5: so, yeah. And the road team wins. Yeah. I know it's definitely it was- exciting, and definitely the two best teams this year are squaring off. So that yeah. that makes it fun. It's never that great when some team that doesn't belong there sneaks their way past, and right, yeah. you know, just is on a hot streak or something. Yeah,
3: was that some kind of Giants reference or something? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Could be. I don't know. Yeah. And the
4: crowd goes wild. <laughs> right. No, it was fun. It was fun to watch, actually.
3: Well, I had a really busy week, too. Lots of lots of long days. Lots of a surprising amount of loan activity going on for this time of year.
5: I was actually doing um, some cleanup work on our loan pipeline and saw that volume's actually picking up right now. It was really weird. It's an odd time of year for that to be happening. I, I'm not
3: quite sure that I understand why I mean that being said I've I've personally tried to my goal is to not go dormant during the winter I know you've heard me say that a couple times so I'm trying to do a little bit more this year you know I'm trying to keep myself out there in marketing and things like that so um but the but the business that's going on I look all around it seems like there's just plenty of people that are wanting to do business right now um and it's a good time, I guess. I mean, interest rates are still pretty good. Uh, we had a, a little bit of a period a couple of weeks ago where it was threatening to go up. And this last week, for not very good reason, um, rates have kind of settled back down a little bit, kind of right back to where they were, it gives a, uh, well, almost all the way where they were. They're getting darn close. Um, in fact... I had started a transaction with a friend a couple weeks ago um, that we locked when the market was like going up every day, Um, had a couple of good days, so I locked it and then was revisiting it yesterday because there's time, you know, it's a 45-day escrow, so if there's an ability to get a better deal, we're going to try to get that better deal, and um, it was better but not buy enough to, like, relock and move yet, you know? So, um, anyways, the climate for lending is good right now. Um, uh, The, uh, you know, banks are moving swiftly. Escrow's not overwhelmed. Appraisers are getting out there and turning them around pretty quick. So, things are pretty low pressure moving along just fine. So, I... What's your thought on why things are suddenly picking up here in November? I
5: I don't. Yeah, I don't know. As far as activity, I I really can't. um, Was it more refis
3: that you're seeing?
5: Um, no, not necessarily. I mean, we've gradually, as the years gone on, been shifting further and further towards purchase. Mm -hmm. Um, so I don't see that changing too much. It's just, you know, all I can think maybe is it's that typical end of year type stuff where people might be having time deadlines to complete transactions, whether it's refi or purchase, you know, that's the only thing I can really think. It's kind of like a little spike before the slow season hits. Can I tell you about this refi I
3: started yesterday? First lien, it's a 30 year fixed. Six and an eighth.
5: I was <laughs> like, "What?"
3: This they had a second too, adjustable rate second. Eleven years old. It Was an okay second, but now it's in the like, you know, the repayment period. A lot of those seconds are you draw them for ten years and the payments good and low, and then when they reamortize, they amortize back over ten, fifteen, or twenty five years. So I guess twenty two. You know, ten, fifteen, twenty, or twenty five. But that shorter amortization period it can that payment can pop up quite a bit. So I look at the two loans and finally I like I looked up, I had to chuckle a little bit. I'm like six and an eighth? <laughs> what have
5: you been doing? How come you didn't already do this like any time ago? And what was the answer? I'm uh. curious. Like why why just, would someone just lazy? Okay, haven't got to it. I was like, okay, fair enough. It's
3: a lot going on, you know. I could, I know life gets busy, and it's easy to put those things
5: on the back burner. Well, and it's front and center for us. That's what we do all day, every day. So,
3: yeah. (laughs) So funny story. the The mortgage balances aren't a lot, right? Between the two loans, it's one hundred twenty five thousand that's owed. They've owned the house for a long time, so it's not. A terrible spot, but one of the other things that brought them in is that they're wanting potentially to put a new. There's leak issues with the roof. So mm. they've owned the house for like 30 years. There's some issues with the roof. There's some issues with you know appliances are just on their last leg. You know, um, so they they wanted to figure out what you know what the options were if they got a new 30 year loan, how it would how it would stack up. The, the funny thing is is between the two loans today they're paying eleven hundred bucks a month, one new thirty year fixed rate loan um, plus pay off both the loans plus fifty thousand dollars cash to pocket. The new payment was
5: a thousand fifteen, so they're saving a hundred bucks and <laughs> getting the fifty grand yeah. to do the and interview.
3: you would you should have seen their face and and I could totally tell. That they would have come in years ago had they known that that was um going to be the outcome, so pretty funny another interesting one you'll get a chuckle out of this um you know Nate that we play softball with um he asked me on the soft i got I went and played with their team on i guess it was thursday night they they had a double header, and they were short, so they called me I race over there, and Nate said. Hey, so how do you know Bruce Freeberg? I said, oh, I know Bruce Freeberg. He's you know a realtor, and we're friends, and we do business together. And so I said, oh yeah, yeah. so tell me how he knew him. And and then I my first response to him was, why well, do his loans? How come I don't do yours? And he laughed, and he said, I don't do loans. And so I said, well, you just you own your house with no loan. And he said, no, I bought a house, I bought a house ten years ago, and I never. I never looked back, never looked back because so I said, well, did you pay cash for it? He said, no, I got a loan. And I said, well, the you. So a loan in
5: 2007? Oh, uh, you have a junky loan. like a loan. six
3: or 7% loan. So I told him, I said, Nate, I could probably redo your loan into a 15 year loan. The interest rate's going to be almost half of what you have today. And you might just be able to, like right now with 20 years to go, you have 240 payments remaining. If I can get you the same payment on a 15-year loan, then you're, then you're going to come out like missing five years of paying that mortgage just to come in and just restructure it for the same payment. Oh, maybe. Oh, what do you mean, maybe? Why would you not do that? That's insane. Even if your mortgage payment's only a thousand bucks a month,
5: it's on auto pay. It's just so easy. I'll let it go an extra five years. Five <laughs> years of I mean, even a thousand bucks a month. Sixty extra payments. What? And I don't know what it is. <laughs> what if it's two
3: grand a month? It's
5: probably at two grand. I mean, we know the normal guess. monthly payment on a home today is two to three thousand dollars. Yeah. I would say three is probably more than norm. Yeah. yeah, that's crazy. That's a lot of
3: money. Just... So I told him. I said I'd go, Nate. Really though, because I mean, on the baseball field, you know, I am. I'm I'm a goofball. So I said, hey, let's get serious though. Let me <laughs> let me look into this thing. Now for I'm you? concerned about yes. you as a friend. Yes. I'm concerned yes.
5: about your mental health. <laughs> like we
3: have to address this. You need to look into this. So? He was
4: pretty dismissive <laughs> pretty of me. Sure. Yeah, he was kind of like, oh, and I'm
3: like, Nate, if it doesn't make sense, I'm not going to press you. But if it gets you out of even making two or three years worth of payments, it's worth it. Why would you not do this? And then somebody hit a home run or something. And like, ah, and then that was that. <laughs> no, that was so, but anyway, now, next time you see him, you'll need to remind him. Hey, Jason told me that you got like a ridiculous loan and refused to look at it. It's like your good friend that like won't go to the doctor. Hey, <laughs> right. man, you got like a thing growing out of your neck. Uh, yeah, I'm just I'm gonna see how it works out.
5: <laughs> no, funny. Listen to your friends. It is amazing that there's still people out there with. Bad loans, bad interest rates, and uh don't do anything about it. I get that there's a lot going on in life, but sure is nice to have fixed payments and low interest rates, yeah, <laughs> when you're borrowing lots of money yeah, <clears throat> those are two very important <laughs> things to me
3: it really yeah. adds up over time i mean that's the that's the crazy thing. I met with two people this week too that were looking um I talked him out of reverse mortgages, basically. Well, that might not be the whole truth. The first guy had just not quite enough equity. Run the calculator, right? You get a max loan amount based on how old you are and how much equity you have. And um, he would have needed to bring in like 20 grand. And he had it. But it's like. You know, part ways with kind of the rest of your savings to get the mortgage to stop, and he's he has a highway patrol pension, so it's not totally hurting. And I'm like, i just not convinced this is the right, right thing to do. So, anyways, we I didn't completely talk him out of it, but we agreed to to maybe wait till summer because his house will likely be worth more money, and maybe we accomplish the same thing without him having to write a twenty thousand right, check, right? And he can I mean he's not he's not struggling. One of the neighbors that I did a loan for said, Oh you ought to go get a reverse mortgage from Jason, your life will be great. So he called me up and said, Oh, Bill told me I should get a reverse mortgage from you, so I'm coming in. So, okay. And by the end of it, I said, You know, I love that Bill's looking out for you. I also love that Bill's referring me. However, this this needs to just wait a little bit. And then the other one was the same thing was that somebody told him, Hey, a reverse mortgage pretty good deal come on in and said you can qualify for a normal loan it's usually still the right thing to do a forward mortgage as we like to call them Mm -hmm. (laughs) which i always think is awkward (laughs) they do reverse mortgage people call it that you ever hear them though they talk about forward mortgages bothers me it's like um i think the term reverse mortgage bugs me because oftentimes it's not a reverse mortgage at all. You're just paying off a mortgage for a growing mortgage. So you just, you should be called a
5: growing mortgage. Yeah. Isn't it negatively amortizing?
3: Yes, it is. It's exactly what
5: it is. Dan. <laughs> it's negatively, it just is 100% negatively amortizing. Yes. Mortgage.
3: <laughs> no matter how you do it from day one, that's exactly what it's doing. Yeah. But somehow we got away with calling it a reverse mortgage. Bizarre. I think that's a fascinating one. It's like corn on the cob. That's just corn. The other one should be called corn off the cob, right? Why do we call that corn off the cob? Fascinating. <laughs> Forward mortgage.
5: All right. It's break time. Yeah, I'm going to get some coffee down and see if I can focus <laughs> <Okay>. myself. <laughs> All right. We're just getting started here. We've got we've got another... Uh, We've got a long run here to go. We've got a lot of news to get through. We had a jobs report. We had a Fed chairman nomination. We had a tax plan come out. We've got updates and data. We've got all kinds of stuff to talk about. So we hope that you'll stick around. Um, we'd love to hear from you too. So if you'd like to ask a question or share a comment with us, give us a call here live in the studio, 543-8830. We're going to take a quick break to thank the sponsors. We'll We'll be right back with more Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
3: Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central Coast Lending. Too often potential home buyers disqualify themselves believing they need perfect credit. The fact is, we can finance home buyers with low credit scores, collections, bankruptcy, foreclosure, or short sale.
1: Before you meet with a realtor, step 1 is to get pre-approved.
6: Just 543 Loan.
1: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018-39608. DBO number 605-4783. MLS number 328-358. We're the
6: mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
3: Subtleties are not a waste on us. Jim picks this song, of course, because it's Clock's Day. And now it's time to fall back, right? Set the yeah. clocks back an
5: hour. It's that sad time of year that I don't think anyone likes.
3: I'm ready to sign the petition here to get away with. Yeah. Uh, Just
5: stay on daylight savings year
4: round. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. By the way, it's supposed to be daylight saving. That's what I was told yesterday. No like S? Saving time. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. Okay. There, there was a thing yesterday. I actually saw it. I think it was on the Today Show. But anyway, they, that um, Maine, Connecticut, yeah, daylight Massachusetts, saving time. Rhode Island, they all the wanna, whole northeast. They, they all want to get away from it. The problem is they've got New York, North Carolina, South Carolina all in the same time zone. So hmm. yeah. Huh. Well,
5: Arizona does it. Yeah. And no one else in their time zone does. So yeah. it's working out all right for them. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's kind of, I just don't like getting off of work at five o'clock and it already feeling like it's nighttime.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. You also work inside too, though. Right. Yeah.
5: So there are, this is the time of year where I feel like I don't see the sky. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's like oh i, I bet there was a the sun out today yeah it's
4: crazy it's like i went i was in laughlin like i bet there, i bet i bet that happened i bet you the sun did its usual yeah. thing <laughs>
3: coming much. up over there in the east yeah. <laughs> while i was inside it went all the way across you
4: know it's crazy it's like i you know i was i was in laughlin during the last time change so i'd be like um walking Next to the Colorado River, which is the border between, you know, Nevada and Arizona. So you walk and you look at your cell phone. Back and forth, back and forth. Back and forth forth between whatever (laughs) tower you're hitting off of. So it's like, it was just kind of funny. Yeah.
3: You know? That is funny.
4: Yeah. Crazy. But they don't do it in Arizona, so. So, yeah, what
5: do we do? It's at uh, 2 a.m. tonight? Set it back. Or before you go to bed. 2 a.m. becomes 1 a.m. Yeah get to live that hour twice today exactly
3: bars be, love, i'm bars gonna s- love it. i'm gonna sleep right through it yeah. predict that right away you
4: know bars love it because they can yeah. stay open until two o'clock you know, sell again, booze for an extra hour an
3: extra hour
5: in yeah. november yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> november 4th should, they should schedule game seven of the world series for for this night get that extra hour over, especially if it's like a super exciting hour of baseball. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's not really possible. Was, yeah. They D- wouldn't replay the game.
3: Dixon that works for us, he proposed <coughs> to me this week. I told him I'd run it by you, so here's as good a time as any.
5: Great. Is this office in Hawaii again?
3: <laughs> no, but that's a... I'm glad you brought that up. We'll talk about that next. No, the... Um, here's his idea. Uh-huh. When you get hired... As part of your new hire paperwork, there should be a form where the new employee identifies their three sports teams so they can pick baseball, basketball, football, whatever your favorite team is. And should your team make it to the final series of whatever championship, of whatever championship is on the line, the final final, if they make it there, that employee gets the following day off. So, like, if your team gets to the Super Bowl, you're a Broncos fan. Oh, bad example. They're probably not. Patriots. Are, yeah, Patriots. <laughs> Everybody would write down Patriots, <laughs> right? It's your highest likelihood right now of uh, Bilk and the company have an extra day off. But, yeah, and then they get to the Super Bowl, you'd get Monday off. Because oh, no matter see. what happens, you're likely to be exhausted and exhausted. not your best right. self on right. Monday morning. <laughs> we'll go with exhausted. I told him that was a great idea. We're not going to make it retro, but we'll apply it to all new
6: employees.
3: (laughs) Yeah, probably not. It's a good idea, though. Yeah. Yeah. Where do you want to start, Dan? This, um, I mean, nomination of the Fed Reserve chair seems like a good one.
5: I think that's a good... place to start because i think you know we were talking earlier about the interest rate market and the the bond yields and how they've kind of moved higher the last couple of weeks and now they've eased their way back down in this past week week and a half um i without seeing anything really market moving in the in the various economic numbers i gotta believe that the potential nominations or nominees for the Fed chairmanship um, were affecting markets a little bit. Because there was a few names being tossed out, some that were uh, maybe believed to be a little, um, you know, have different policy as far as... Yeah, Yeah, they they might want to move rates higher faster. Um, But ultimately, the nomination was for... um, Jerome Powell, who is believed to be a, a consistent thinker, I guess, with uh, Janet Yellen, someone who's, who's going to lead this next group of, of Fed um, members in a similar way that Janet Yellen did, similar kind of policy goals and things like that. So there's going to be consistency from this group of Fed members to the next. And I think the markets like that, and they seemed to calm down a little bit this week, in, as it became more clear that this was going to be the nomination.
3: Yeah, I, I Did agree. With you. Feel that way? I agree with you. Of all the picks, I mean, basically, what you're trying to do before we really know who the na- who the named person is is trying to think through the options, right? And we we had an idea of who the shortlist was. Uh, it was also said multiple times that. Um, that Janet Yellen could be invited to stick around. Yep. And so the the market can't really jump to too many conclusions. Um, and at the same time, I think interesting, um, I didn't really feel like very – I didn't think there was a Fed chair option that was going to come in and say, you know, oh, hands down, we're not going to do X, Y, and Z. You know, we're not raising rates anymore. We're going to go back to these – principles and yada yada. Um, you know, and so even Jerome Powell, who's the um the nominee, he's a he's an investment banker. That's not an uncommon thing. Um he does as such you could imagine he's favors a um a less regulatory you know those regulatory burdens that are put on the financial institutions. However Um, he's saying already that if he sees the economy, um, continue to perform as it has and as it's expected to, then it would be appropriate to continue the gradual normalization of interest rates. So to me, I hear that and it sounds, um, I never really heard, well, I was going to say I never really heard Yellen make, it wasn't her big point to say she thought the banks were overregulated. So I think there's a little bit of change in opinion there, Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, and the other thing you got to remember too is that the well, a few things. Number one, um, he still has to be confirmed by Senate, so it's going to. um, But I don't
5: see anything.
3: I don't either. And then, and then at the end, the Fed chair is not
5: like the the dictator the end-all be-all it's one member of a 12-member board of voting members they all have an equal vote
3: that's right and so um you know some of the the more significant components to it though is um those press conferences how clearly can you you know how much confidence do you have do you use the right words Do you speak eloquently do you do you put us at ease that you are paying close attention and control and and that the there's a cohesiveness within all of the voting members under your leadership that gives the entire market confidence that we're moving forward in a unified and right direction right and i I gotta believe that the market, like you said, um, is happy about this. Okay, now we know the person. We no longer have to wonder and worry and um, keep guessing at what it might mean, what it might look like. And now we can start to wrap our arms around. Well, how is this person different? What's that likely to have happen? And I, I really do feel like just um, you know this piece. Um, came out also in a pretty busy week economically right um, we've We had a jobs report uh, also details of the tax plan are now kicking around um, and so um there's among other things this probably didn 't get quite the the media hype that it would have and and Dan, you know some weeks we have a lot of first-tier data. Some weeks we have no first-tier data and then second-tier data, right? And ordinarily, that second-tier data is not market-moving. There's so much data and stuff going on this week that any one thing is not likely to have big push or pull. So, Um, you know, had this news come out two weeks ago in a fully quiet week, it might've had more impact, got more coverage, maybe moved the market a little bit more. Uh, But altogether, this one kind of felt like just said, okay, everybody can stop wondering and guessing. There's not a big change coming.
5: Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like too, it was something that we had, it, it felt like either through leaks or through just. Intuition. Um, who uh, it was being put out there in the news that we had narrowed it down to a or Trump had narrowed it down to a couple of possible candidates, and it it seemed like even as early as Monday or Tuesday, Powell was kind of being leaked as the as the guy, and then it was finally announced, I think Thursday or Friday. So yeah, it didn't seem to be terribly market moving, but I do feel like as the The pool of candidates got narrowed down. It seemed like the markets seemed to um, calm down and interest rates started to ease down a little bit, knowing that we've got consistency from one board to the next. But it also could have been something else that was anticipated, highly anticipated, like the release of the tax plan. Perhaps that was what influenced um, the interest rate market more than maybe the Fed nomination. I'm not sure. Yeah, But... It was it was good to finally get that behind us. Um, you know, just a couple points here on Powell that I was found interesting. You know, he was he is viewed as a more moderate member of the Fed's board. Um, he in the past has backed Yellen's uh, cautious approach, so that that consistency is coming in. Um, but he is, you know, some people view Powell as a little more inclined than Yellen to ease financial regulation, and if. The circumstances pre- present themselves um, that he might favor a slightly faster pace of rate increases. So, mm-hmm. you know, consistency, but maybe just a little different perspective on things. So, I think all in all, it's a it's a good choice um, for the Fed. I, I like the consistency that that will be there. So, I, I think it was a good decision and. You know I don't think there's going to be too many bumps in the road come February when the the board members change. And it sounds like there's going to be in addition to this fed chair, there's going to be another four or five um seats on the fed board that are up for nomination as well,
3: which will prove to be probably more important.
5: Yeah, so more than <laughs> just the one chair it's person of 12, vote, it's, it's really I mean
3: potentially half the votes. Yeah, are. it's
5: darn near half that are going to be um nominated by the president. So Yeah. Yeah.
3: You just mentioned the tax code. Yeah. You know what? We got to do the final commercial break of the first hour here. So let's go ahead and do that. I want to talk about the tax code. Um, I'm already getting some industry lobbying type of stuff that's like saying, hey, you, you need to take some action right now. Um, and the National beginning-
5: Association of Realtors sure made themselves right, higher, didn't they?
3: So we're, you know, and then there's other little things, you know, yeah, they care most about how this tax plan might affect real estate, but there's other things about this tax code that are obviously relevant to the show and relevant to you guys. So let's do the final commercial break here of the hour. We'll be back in a couple minutes with more Mortgage Matters.
0: To ask a question or make a comment, call 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Mortgage Matters on KVEC News Talk 920. We'll be back after these messages from our sponsors. Hi, this is
3: Jason Grody of Central Coast Liner. The most critical part of buying a home is getting pre-approved for a mortgage. Pre-approved buyers are taken more seriously, enjoy a less stressful transaction, and close faster with no last-minute surprises. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to
1: get pre-approved.
6: Just call 543-LOAD.
1: Central Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRA number 018-39608. DBO number 605 MLS number 328-358. We're the
6: mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
1: For those of us who live here on the Central Coast, we know this is a unique place to have a home. And for over 30 years, Patterson Realty has been a vital part of San Luis Obispo County. Patterson professionals have led the way in real estate by adapting to new market conditions to make sales happen. What they offer is the quality of their people, agents working just for you. Get the experts at Patterson Realty on your side. Experience the Patterson difference. Call
2: 544-8662 or online at pattersonrealty.com.
0: You're tuned into Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Citra Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800 549 5832. Now, back to the show.
3: I saw a picture yeah. on the internet this week of this, like, home stereo unit yeah. that was unreal. Like, you, you would never own it. Speakers and amps and just, like, a wall of sound. Mm-hmm. And it said, if if this were yours, what was the first song you'd play on it? Yeah. And um, this is absolutely the first song the that I would play on it. Time. Oh, yeah. Oh,
4: yeah. Yeah, you'd, you'd give your speakers a real test with that. That's for oh, sure. Yeah. yeah.
5: Have you guys ever played um, the Top Gun movie on a really good home theater system? Yeah. It's pretty amazing. When the jets yeah. fly through the <laughs> yeah. surround sound. Uh, yeah. And then that song, I'd, yeah. I'd sing it for hey, you, da, 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 but I don't want to like, turn everybody hey, off. <laughs> song I don't know the words to. <gasps> Highway to the Danger <laughs> <Yeah>. Zone. <laughs> oh, yeah. The, everybody knows the chorus. <laughs> danger Zone. Danger zone.
4: Yeah. yeah. That would be a good one, too. I yeah. know, I have to, maybe I'll <laughs> yeah. use that for a bumper out of the next parade. There you go. You know, you know, we can keep going with the time thing. We can change All right. that a little bit, too.
5: Tax plan. Let's Tax plan. This. this is exciting. You know, this is um, highly anticipated. Talked about a lot. It's been talked about for years. I don't think anyone, regardless of what political party you're affiliated with, I don't think anyone doesn't think taxes could be reformed. It's a mess. It feels like there's loopholes that you know there's just problems with it and it needs some simplification some modernization and uh and so we got a we got a plan unveiled this week i think it was the same day as the um fed chair nomination yeah i think they were like within an hour of one another
3: yeah and um yeah i want to tell you um we're going to run out of time on this topic, I can already tell. So let's start with the part, Dan, you mentioned the National Association of Realtors sent around their call for action, are looking for all of their members to come out and um and be heard, basically. Because cause what's happening right now, right? This thing's it's going to be negotiated. There's yes. going to be some hot points. There's going to be some things that need to be renegotiated to garner the the support needed to pass. There's going to be some things that, um, if you know enough of the constituents press their representation to say, "Hey, don't don't give up on this part." Um, so here you go. The realtors have identified the places where they want they want to see um, some negotiating happen. Um, first bullet point: the um, proposed tax plan lowers the mortgage interest deduction cap from a million dollars to 500,000. So that potentially for everybody, like right now, there's a line set at the million dollars mark. It would be dropped to 500,000. There's some people that that's going to impact.
5: So help me out here. Is this capping the interest deduction on mortgages that have an, Unpaid principal balance of five hundred thousand or greater, or income earners of five hundred thousand dollars or greater. Um, it is
3: mortgages up to a million dollars,
5: and so It'll be lowered to mortgages up to five hundred thousand. Correct. So if you have a, if you go and apply for a mortgage, that's a the high balance conventional limit in our county is 586500 six five hundred. If you get that conventional high balance loan, you would not be able to deduct your mortgage interest. That's right. What about when the unpaid principal balance goes below 500000 Is it then all of a sudden deductible? What away? I
3: don't know, and this would be great if, if there's a CPA or somebody listening that we could you know have give us this advice. What I don't know, I would hope that there's even some prorated portion so today, if you had a two million dollar loan, you could write interest off for a, a million of it, of it right? A third, yeah, which, yeah, maybe a half. So, um, I I hope that's how it works. I'm not sure. In in this is why in California these these real estate things have a bigger splash. So um, if you lost part of your deduction now. In many places in California, you have to have a half a million dollar mortgage just to be buying the entry-level entry property, level property right. in your town. So um, so anyways, that's high one on the list. That's that's number one. Number two, there's provision in the tax cut code here that eliminates the mortgage interest deduction entirely for second homes. So- Again, um, if you own a second home, you might've had a write-off last year, this year, you don't get to have that write-off and, um, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. That's just going to deter people maybe from wanting to have that, make that investment in real estate, right? That's an interesting one because maybe it yields some second homes coming back to the market. We could sure use a little bit more inventory in both rentals and sales. So maybe, sure. Maybe that's part of it. Um, Homeowners would no longer um, be able to deduct the interest on home equity loans. So if you have a home equity line of credit, um, even if it was for purposes of uh, remodel, maintenance, things like that against a house, you wouldn't be able to deduct it. This tax plan also of concern to uh, the, the real estate side here eliminates state and local tax deductions. Therefore taking more money out of your pocket. California here, this is a this is a big one for California. We already pay a lot of state income tax. There are already some parts of the California tax code. Um and again, if there was a CPA on the show, maybe next week we should try to get a CPA in here to, to help walk through what some of these things mean compared to how they currently are. Um but that that potentially um Costs you more money. If you don't get to deduct your state taxes now as a, a reduction in your taxable income to your federal income tax and vice versa, that's problematic for states like California where there, where we already have a pretty high state income tax. Less money in your pocket, guess what? Now everything's a little bit less affordable for you. Mm-hmm. Um I think it also puts a pressure on some states to kind of revisit whether their tax plan is acceptable to people or not. I mean, oftentimes we just take what we can get, but this reminds us that there are some states in the nation that don't even have state income tax. They're doing it a little bit different and, um, is one way better than the other. I don't know. Um, Caps the property tax deduction at $10,000. So whatever your annual property taxes are, and I got to imagine this is if in, for most of the counties in California, this is if you buy a house for more than a million bucks. Right. So um, I get those people owning million dollar real estate are not the ones we want to see getting tax write-offs, but this would, again, it, it it's one more um, kind of blow towards that desire, that um Making the value really of of home ownership, taking that away um and then this is another one I think is pretty interesting. It extends the qualification period for the um exclusion of capital gains tax so currently, here's how the law sits today. If you occupy your home for two of the last five years, then you could exclude i think it's two hundred fifty thousand single and five hundred thousand married of capital gain, right? We sell your primary rent. Say you buy it for 500000 20 years later, it's worth a million bucks. You would not experience capital gain on that increase had you lived in it for two of the last five years. Under the new proposal, you would have to live in it for five of the last eight years. So there's that's a big difference. That's a big change. Um, and obviously, I think... Sometimes people move back into homes, I see this, people move back into homes for a couple of years to reestablish it as their primary residence before they sell it so that they can not end up paying the capital gains. Capital gains is based on a portion of your income, and so in some cases that can be significant. If you've experienced real gains because you've owned a property for 15 or 20 years, um, having some exemption of two hundred fifty or five hundred thousand can be a really big difference in terms of how much money you're going to pay for just selling your house, and um, you know that you paid taxes on you bought, paid taxes on every year when you owed it, all you know, all of these things. Now, all of a sudden, you sell it, now you got to give a hundred thousand bucks or two hundred thousand bucks to the government. So that just makes that one a little bit trickier too. Which again is slight erosion of some of that idea as to why we would want. Um, to own real estate anywhere, let alone in California.
5: There's a one other area that may be of interest for real estate purposes is that estate tax. Mm. Um, the estate tax, their proposal is to double the estate tax exemption to from roughly five and a half million to 11 million and phase it out altogether in six years so that's so hurry up
3: and get those estates transferring yeah <laughs> um there's there's 15 other bullet points um
5: yeah i mean obviously the big ticket things were you know cutting the number of um tax buckets to 4 from what currently 7 yeah. keeping that highest tax rate of 39.6% and then simplifying it to what 10 25 and 35 yeah. Or the different um, thresholds. Yeah, and, and it
3: sounds like a lot of people won't be itemizing like they used to, so they greatly simplifying the way that tax are filed. But yeah. here, run through this other little list real fast here. We only got a couple minutes, so I'm going to go quick. Adoption. There's a tax credit worth up to $13,750 per child. That would be ended. Alimony. Um, the Ways and Means Committee... Um, Documents referred to as a divorce subsidy, they would no longer be allowed to deduct the payor um, for decrees issued after 2017. Teachers would no longer be able to write off the cost of supplies they buy. Sports fans would no longer be able to deduct 80% of the donations to colleges that they make for sports boosters. Hmm. Um There's, you know, it goes on and on. a couple of
5: the big ones were corporations having a global minimum tax of 10%. um, Pass through businesses. Oh, those
3: corporations don't (laughs) pay taxes anyway.
5: Pass through businesses um, to have a tax rate of 25%. So, so some interesting changes. Yeah. Be a lot to keep
3: track moving forward. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of negotiation happening there. We got the top of the hour commercial break here, so we'll be out for about five minutes. So, go ahead and uh, join us back for a whole nother hour of mortgage matters.
6: To a top gun. It <laughs> reminds me of Top Gun,
3: which yeah. reminds me of Oceanside, which reminds, because you know the Top Gun house is still there in Oceanside. And one day I met Junior Seau in front of that, because wow. that was like his spot right there. Wow. I'm like, oh, dude, and Junior Seau's dead. Goose is dead. Junior Seau's dead. Hmm.
4: Nothing's as cool as it used to be. No. Eh. Yeah, yeah, the house in Oceanside, huh? Been sale. Yeah, oh. yeah,
3: and he was not—he was not a shy dude. To be out and about. I mean, people saw him out there all the time. Good. Cool guy.
4: Yeah.
5: All right, we covered the big things.
3: Covered the big things. There's more big things. Dan, we a Jobs three. report, man.
5: Yeah, that's true. That's another big one. So just to catch you up, if you're just joining us right now, we uh, we reviewed the, the nomination of Jerome Powell for the Fed chairmanship. We re- reviewed the proposed tax plan, which now will uh, go to the various houses of Congress to be debated and negotiated and amended and all kinds of stuff before it actually becomes a real, real change.
3: That, uh, you know... I always look at these. I'm probably I'm probably not unlike most Americans in this. But I look at the proposals. And like you said, I know taxes get politicized. Let's look at it from the the truly like apolitical place. Is how's this affect me? You yeah. know what what's going to happen to me? Um, you know, I see Pelosi saying, ah, oh, just give all the rich people a bunch more money. Okay. I don't really want to do that either. <laughs> if you just, if that's your goal, is people that make $10 million a year are going to get to pay less taxes. I want to get in line saying no. I don't, if, if there's going to be, I'm a really big fan. I think in my heart, I think my place is, I would just love it to be just an amount, a percentage of your income. Get A rid of all the percentage. Yeah, and the rich people are better at deductions anyway. They got three CPAs. They've got this company because it loses money. Yeah. Come on, you're writing off your private airplane because you to go visit my rental property in the Hamptons that you didn't rent out but once this year. All the crazy stuff, right? So, they're better at deductions anyway. So, it's because, you know, that, that greasy or sawdust in the work boots guy at the end of the day, he doesn't have all access to all that crap. He's probably even bought tools and uniforms and boots that he doesn't even know to write off because he doesn't have time. He's busy working. So, I really like the idea of limiting deductions across the board. And then how about everybody just figure out what's it take? 10%, 12%, 15%. Yeah. So uh, you're in the NFL. You make $20 million a year. Great. You're paying 15%. You, you know, down here, you work at the school district and in slow, you make 60 grand a year. You're paying the same 10%. Well, that was lower. Whatever. 12%, 15%, (laughs) whatever it needs to be. Right. right? Whatever the number is. I think one size fits all is good. I realize at the bottom end, it gets hard. Somebody that already is unable to pay their rent or whatever, they're like, they got, they don't got 10% left over at the end of the month. I understand that. Um, We have to figure out how to help that at that end. I look through these tax things and I'm like, you know, so the estate tax thing, millionaire taxes, all those kind of things. What about the middle class? What's going to happen to the middle class? What's well, going to happen to the middle class of California? One of these things that is part of the current um, plan or proposal, I should say, is to get rid of your ability to deduct your state income taxes from your federal income taxes. Well, if your state income taxes are thirteen thousand bucks this year, and am I way off on that? How much? No, th- I
5: I want to say California is thirteen percent. So if you make a hundred grand, you're paying thirteen thousand Yeah, and a
3: household income in our in our uh, county is um, not uncommon at a hundred grand.
5: Yeah.
3: So if you have thirteen thousand dollars, that is your state tax would be deductible on your federal income tax. If you lose that deduction she so tax rates 25% or something i don't know what is the number i get i get to where i start making assumptions and i'm not completely sure that they're totally accurate but let's just say that your tax rates 20% you know 20% of 13000 is 2600 bucks so that could change your tax liability federally by 2600 bucks in that year That's going to hit the middle class. That's going to hit everybody in California harder than some of the other states. I know that uh, California doesn't have the highest um, state tax rate in the nation, but um, it's up there. I was going to pull out the old Google machine right now. Oh, never mind. I I misspoke. California is the highest at 13.3. Yeah. Oregon, Minnesota, Iowa. So we got 99985. So we're already, you know, a few percent over the top on that. That's a pretty high state income tax rate. It's a pretty great state too, right? We got a lot going on. Um we pay a lot of taxes here. So you said during the break too, you almost felt like that some of those things are almost a little, like, shot at California, huh? California was sort of the stepchild through the election, wasn't it? I mean, what? We had, what was the stupid thing called? The California succession name. I don't know. Cal Exit. yeah. Right? I mean, California was frustrated enough, and then also, I mean, I remember reading things on the internet, too, said, yeah, let them go. Cut it off. Let California go. And I remember thinking, ah, I don't think you guys really want that. We'd be like the... What were the if what? California broke off yeah. and became its own country or its own nation...
4: We're like the seventh or eighth largest economy in the world.
3: We would be probably the third, I would guess, probably the third most powerful country in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Think about how much we have here. I mean, maybe not once they yank all the federal stuff out, mm-hmm. but... Still all the people here. Anyway, California is a great state. There's a lot going on. I think as I size this whole tax bill up, it's like that to me is one of the ones that's glaring. If you're going to lose that uh, ability to deduct it, does that mean the middle class is going to get end up getting pinched by this? And you saw when you've heard all about this tax plan stuff all along, we want to bring tax cuts to the middle class. Okay. They're going to have to be pretty darn good cuts on the federal side to outweigh some of the costs that are going to go up for us on the state side. So it'll be interesting to see how that comes out in the wash. And I know, believe me, I know in my heart that um, the Fed, uh, you know, the federal tax plan, our federal government not looking at how, well, how does this affect our good friends of California? Um, California's going to have to be in there fighting and screaming to get what they need. Um, so we'll have to see how it all shapes up, but that's one of the things I'd like to see go back the other way is to be able to deduct your state taxes. Um, I think that's, I feel like that's a no brainer kind of get you coming and going.
5: Yeah, I have a, I want to weigh in on the mortgage interest thing, but first we want to hop over to the phone lines. We've got Mary calling from Arroyo Grande. Morning, Mary.
7: Good morning. I'll have to preface this by saying I I am not a tax professional, but by my recollection, most of the deductions you're talking about apply to someone who itemizes. Okay. So mortgage insurance, your state taxes, all of that, you have to be itemizing in order for those to be deducted from your federal taxes. So really, the question will be is, by reducing some of this, are some people going to lose the ability to itemize their deductions at all?
5: Yeah. And the immediate feedback that I saw on the news was that it it sounded like there would be a lot less people itemizing based on some of these proposed changes. It's a goal. Right.
7: Right. So, but that's the, the precedence. You have to qualify. And typically, the first step to someone being able to itemize is they've got to be a homeowner because that's the a right. big step that takes you into a, into a place where your deduction... is going to right exceed the
3: standard deduction.
7: Right. Ex, ex, exceeds it. So this right. is going to hamper those folks who are looking at purchasing a home to get to that point, potentially. Right. Yeah. Because by the time they add in their state taxes, that's that, that may have been the difference for them.
3: Well, let me ask you this, Mary. I mean, first of all, thanks for listening. Thanks for calling. Should the tax plan be incenting people to buy real estate?
7: In some instances, yes. Not not everyone should be a homeowner. Yeah. It's, not everyone's not everyone is cut out to be a homeowner for for a lot of reasons. Um, probably it should be incentivized, um, but not to the extent that it brings people into home ownership that don't have the wherewithal in reality um, both financially and otherwise to maintain a home.
3: yeah well, it's an interesting thing because I think we could talk about this once we once we all had a chance to actually really develop our thoughts about this there'd be some great points made. I have one for you. Um, the price of housing is out of control. I mean people are having trouble affording housing in most of california right and it's a scary thing like we think about you know i my kids 15 13 and 9 i worry you know what are we going to be able to do are they going to be able to stay it's crazy it's cutthroat um there's such a uh we're in such a culture where there's such a a need to own real estate in order to try to take control over that component that your housing isn't going up anymore, that you can you can kind of lock in at the day that you get in. Um, and we incent that behavior with a lot of tax code. So from the time that I was a little boy, I was told, hey, what's the American dream? A wife, two kids, a dog, and a house with a white picket fence. And so we're taught ever since we're young that owning real estate is sort of like what what separates you, what makes you different. How, how do you get wealthy? I mean, we look back at those people like my grandparents' age right now that have accumulated great wealth. It almost always comes from real estate. I mean, unless you work in the government, like in Congress or something, you got to get rich by, you know, socking away a lifetime of savings into real estate. So- we have this problem where now real estate's super expensive. So if you use the tax code to take away all of that incentive to want to buy, does that take some of the heat off of it and bring the price of real estate back down? I know that's not but, the goal, but it's an interesting thing to think about.
7: Right. But the problem is, I mean, my son, for instance, is in his 20s. He makes good money, but his prospect of purchasing a home at this time because he he chose to live in San Luis Obispo. So he's paying a premium for his housing now that's reaping him no benefits. Yeah. There's no tax benefit to him paying what he's paying and granted it's not the same as if it was a mortgage. Right. But but he's as a consequence it's not like he's socking away money that he can right. eventually come up with a down payment. Yeah. And so, at what point is, so, therefore, now you're looking at my generation, his parents or his grandparents are probably the ones that are going to have to set aside in some manner the money for a down payment if he's ever going to be able to purchase. Yeah. If I, I don't, unless something drastic happens for him financially, he's not going to be a homeowner by, his, by strictly his own work, and, and that's a huge change because in the past you didn't have to look to the previous generation or the previous generations to come up with your down payment. You were able to slog it out and come up with a down payment. We are a long gone from that point right now. And, And there's no prospect of that coming back.
3: Yeah, it's hard. It's definitely hard. You know, I, First of all, we we do see, I mean it's not the norm but we do see some people that are ever that are able to scrape together some kind of down payment. And I mean you you make some great points. Um I also, you know, as a guy, I don't I don't want to I feel like in having this conversation we're almost like sucking some of the hope out of the room. So I want to blow a little hope back in here. Um there are low down payment programs. They continue to grow in popularity and and find more funding sources. We've also gotten more uh, more and more creative with the loan programs and also more accepting of using non-occupant co-borrowers, but also have created some framework now where... Uh, people could buy homes together. And so we see this too now where a couple, two, three friends can go buy a home together. And sometimes that's what it takes. And it's so like your son, you know, is, and again, I, I just want to blow a little bit of hope back into the room. You know, does your son live alone or live with a couple of buddies? And are there a couple of buddies that really want to be in slow and they're in the same boat? Then maybe what they need to do is band together and figure out how to buy a house together, or buy a condo together, get their foot in the door somewhere. Um, You know, and sometimes, like you said, he's making the personal sacrifice and decision to be in slow. But oftentimes, we'll see people that go, they have to bite the bullet. They have to move to the dreaded North County for, you know, a year or two or three to buy an affordable house up there, get some legs under them, and then, you know, I think by way of a couple of cool tax deductions and kind of changing your cash flow, growing a little bit of equity, paying down a loan, a little bit of sweat equity. Now you sell that house and all of a sudden you're in a spot where you can throw the hundred or $150,000 or whatever it takes down in San Luis to buy the house that, that really makes you happy, you know? So there's a, there are some ways that that we can tackle it, but it's definitely gotten harder and um you know, going back to your original point, for somebody like your son, if this new tax plan cuts his ability to itemize because he doesn't own a house, it's not exactly helping advance him any farther um, towards that goal either. It's an interesting little set of problems. And at the end of the, at the end of the day too, I just can't help but realize is that it, it drives me back to this fact of thinking that we have a housing crisis and it's got a lot of ugly heads it's in it's really expensive. The down payment barriers can be just perfectly exhausting. The inventory shortage is nuts um, interest, you know, rent is 100% interest, so if you're now you're like just kind of building this this whole storm of full-blown crisis, it's complicated and I'm not, I'm not sure I know how we exactly solve it but we'll have to keep learning how to live within the framework, I guess.
7: As, as they say sometimes, it is what it is. <laughs> One of the, the other factors, of course, that can be discouraging is folks who live outside of this Area, Let's say outside of the Central Coast where wages are more competitive than they were, but still, if there's other places where you can make nearly as much money, but the cost of housing is not nearly the same. And yeah. so that also means that you really have to buckle down. If you, if you love it enough to stay here, you have to realize what the cost of that is.
3: Yeah, I call it the paradise tax. And, uh, you gotta, yeah, exactly. It's a, definitely a premium and you got to figure out how to make it work. And, um, you know, anyway, hopefully, hopefully he can keep his chin up and figure out how to make it work. And, uh, Mary, thanks again for calling today. I really do appreciate it.
7: Always appreciate the show. Gentlemen, have a great Saturday. Yeah.
3: You as well. Bye. Break time. What do you guys think? I, I want... think it's a good time. I still – we need to talk about the jobs report because there's also some wage growth stuff in there that is also relevant to this conversation. So um, we can move on from the taxes. It's not going to be the last time we talk about the taxes, right? Because we're going to see the tug of war that begins to go down and which parts of this are going to get given up and what parts of it are not. Um and and man, really hope that, that the elected officials that you voted for are in there representing your best interests right now, um, as this is a pretty big deal and will prove to be for uh, basically all Americans, I think. So... Let's do a commercial break, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about the jobs report that we got on Friday. This is a good read of uh, what's going on with the American economy. So take a short break here. We'll be back in a couple minutes for more Mortgage Matters.
0: Mortgage Matters with host Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832. Hi, this is Jason Grody of Central
3: Coast Lending. There's a common myth that home buyers need to save a 20% down payment to buy a home. The fact is, we offer numerous zero down and low down payment loan programs. Before you meet with a realtor, step one is to get pre approved.
6: Just call 543 Loan. Central
1: Coast Lending is an equal housing lender. California BRE number 018 396 California DBO number 605 4783. number 328
6: 358. the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
4: Madness
7: takes its
4: toll,
6: <laughs> but listen closely.
7: Not for very much longer.
6: I've got to keep control. I remember doing the time war, drinking those moments when the black would hit me and the boy would be caught. Let's do the time warp again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do the time warp again. Yeah.
5: <clears throat> Alright, uh, here we right. are. We're back.
6: It's just a jump to
5: the...
6: <laughs> <left>. <laughs> um, your hands
5: your Before we completely let go of the tax thing, because I think it is a big... A big issue we're gonna hear a lot about it going forward as this gets debated the mortgage interest thing i just i'm having trouble with understanding the rationale if we're if in trying to help the middle class why reduce the cap on the mortgage interest that you can deduct well when i think of the rich people of america i feel like they're living in homes that are more than a million dollars, and do they even have loans on them? Yeah, maybe, they're probably bigger than a million dollars. Well, here, look,
3: I got some thoughts on this. Yeah, do they even have mortgages? Great first question. I'm gonna venture to say most of the time they do not. And, you know, here's the other thing. Remember, this is the starting point, okay? Right out of the gate, before there was ever details of this tax plan, let's talk a little bit about the politics of it. What do we expect? Well, the GOP, they're going to cut taxes mainly for the you know the rich. That's what they like to do. And they're going to just step all over the middle class and the low class, right? Okay. So if I'm the GOP and I'm wanting to start in a place... With a tax plan that appears, right, I'm doing air quotes around appears and I'm using voice inflection to let you know that um, I think it's an interesting tactic. There's a few things we're going to do. Number one, right out of the gate, phase one, vignette number one is if you have a million dollar mortgage, you're living different. Sorry, Manhattan's expensive. Sorry, Redondo Beach is expensive. Sorry that San Francisco is expensive. You have a million dollar mortgage, you don't get to deduct the interest. We're not necessarily saying was raise your tax rate. In fact, they're probably going to see their tax rate lower a little bit. But right out of the gate, it's basically um, I'm sort of just laying you a bone right out of the gate. Hey, we're, we're recognizing that if you have a million dollar mortgage, we're going to knock you down. You don't get to write that off. You're
5: already living. You're up there. Okay? See, and I think that's counterintuitive. As I mean, when's the last time this deduction was even touched? What's real estate done during that time? It's gotten more expensive. Well, and I think and like we said earlier, five hundred thousand dollars is not even entry level for well, some markets. That's what I was
3: gonna say. Let's let's zoom out a little bit before we jump to any hasty conclusions. Me remind you again that there's gonna be a tug of war over probably every one of these points. Oh, no points. doubt. No doubt. So let's go back and look. What's the maximum conforming loan limit? You already brought it up. In, I,
5: well, in our in county, our county let's talk about what's the max of the state. It's six thirty six, six hundred and thirty six thousand. I almost think you gotta make these mortgage interest deduction thresholds regional based on the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac loan limits that they've identified for different regions. Dan, uh, in fact, they break it down by county.
3: Dan, you just said you wanted to make tax code more uh more confusing, more detailed, and require more paperwork. So How does it require more paperwork? Well, because now I gotta check on you if you're in the MSA you say you're in and and all these things. My address. I mean, it's
5: it's black and white. This isn't I'll,
3: like a I bet you that what ends up happening is there's probably, I mean, so you know, under FHFA, they already are keeping track with that max loan amount. They're keeping track of what real estate values and loan amounts are in the state of California as well as nationally. It, and I'll bet you that there's probably somewhere in the middle. As to say that um, right out of the gate, hey, we're going to cut it from a million to 500. Okay, well, Plan B comes back and says, well, that's not fair for people that make less than $200,000 a year because those are the people that are in San Francisco that are really struggling to keep their $700,000 mortgage above board anyway. Right. So there'll be some overlay. There'll be some it's above this level or below this level. They may end up coming back and saying, actually, we're going to align the mortgage deduction with the conforming loan amount. So in if the max conforming loan amount of your county here in Slow County, $586,500, that could align right there. Just say, hey, real simple. And as that changes every year, so will that, that cap on that deduction. Because now you know as a homeowner, well, you're going out into the jumbo market and um, when you get a jump, there's a few things you need to know about it. Number one, you're not going to have the same deductibility that you'd have if you stayed under this threshold. And and one of the reasons I kind of think that that approach might be a little bit smarter, they revisit that max conforming right. loan amount as necessary to make sure that uh, we, the people, have access to appropriate funding uh, by way of loan amount caps in MSA area. So, anyway, there's going to be a tug of war there, but I agree with you. Dropping it down to $500,000, there's a lot of people that are going to lose
5: a deduction that they really need. And the one size fits all approach doesn't work, I don't think. I don't think it's fair because, you know, that $500,000 loan, what's that going to buy you in, you know, I'm just going to pick on a state, North Dakota versus what's that going to buy you? Right. So the a rich North Dakotan can deduct all of their mortgage interest because they're living in a mansion that costs less than 500 grand whereas the entry level San Luis Obispo is trying to you know scrape together a down payment just so they can you know, finance their $700,000 purchase of yeah, a country-level home. They might be driving <laughs> a car get, with
3: 200,000 miles yeah, because all their deductor, money goes to their house. You're right.
5: So, so I feel like aligning it more with the loan limits that these mortgage entities have determined, I think that m- makes it a more fair system.
3: Hey, maybe maybe they're gunning for California. I, I don't know. Maybe they picked 500000 just to rub our faces in the dirt a little bit.
5: It's kind of, you know, I equate it to the whole minimum wage issue, you know, this talk of like a $15 federal minimum wage. It's coming. It's like the same thing. The one size fits all doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I mean, maybe you need $15 an hour to survive in California, but do you in another state where housing's less expensive and gas is less expensive and all these things? i I don't know about that. I feel like you can get by on a lower wage in these in other places. So one size fits all doesn't always make sense. It's not always fair. I don't feel like, and this is this mortgage interest deduction is one of those areas where I just, I don't think that one size fits all approach is fair. When I'm thinking about this too,
3: like, you know, we started talking about this as it relates to real estate. Let's, let's double back on that a little bit. Let's say that you make, you know, Oh, two people, Want to buy a house together, collectively they make hundred fifty thousand dollars a year, hundred and eighty thousand dollars a year. So they look around and slow, say, okay, we can rent this house for thirty five hundred bucks a month. I could buy it. I gotta put hundred thousand bucks into it. The mortgage payments can be forty five hundred bucks a month. Why would I do that? Well, I know why you do that. Because you're gonna get an income tax deduction. We've been selling on that for a freaking lifetime you're going to get this deduction and this deduction is going to put that thousand bucks a month back in your pocket. And now you got, you know, now you're working towards paying this loan down over time with some market appreciation. That's how you accumulate wealth. Well, so picture that we just pull that card right out of there. Now you're basically saying, well, we don't have just cause you're in slow County, you know, bummer tax plan came out, whatever A lot of the country loves it. California doesn't, um, we, it was, we don't really have a good reason why you should want to buy the house anymore. Because guess what? When the roof leaks, hey, landlord, bummer. Roof leaked, sucks for you. Also, got my laptop wet. So I'm going to need one of those too. When you're the homeowner, <laughs> roof leak, dude. Now I got to go up on the roof. I got to call somebody. Got on my laptop, now I, I got to buy a new laptop too. So... At at some point, I mean, this is the fear. This is why the National Association of Realtors is trying to get people to to weigh in on it. And so again, this conversation today, Dan, you seem bothered by the mortgage interest deduction being on the table as potentially be lowered. I want to tell you That's why you need to get online and write your representation. Tell them, hey, this is not, I disagree with you. This is why. Please let my voice be heard. I'm not alone. Um, This is all of our opportunity to do that right now. You see something that you don't like that's bugging you, something about the tax code that you don't think is fair, um, it's being crafted today. So you got to have a little bit of faith um in the process here that these things need to be negotiated and you do have an opportunity today to weigh on weigh in on it a little bit and i also would like to remind everybody too that this is why we vote we forget about these are the kind of things but this is why we vote all the people that we elect we want to know that they that they want to hear from us they want to represent us they want to take our concerns and thoughts into the, um, the ultimate laws that are going to govern us. And, and this is why we pay close attention to these things. This is exactly why. And if, if any of this bugs you, it's a good opportunity to, to get involved and, and to know what you're working towards. So, um, Dude, we ran between the breaks now without talking about the jobs report. Thanks to Dan, who came back and brought up the mortgage interest deduction again. Um, so let's really do the final commercial break now, and we come back. I want to talk about jobs report that we got just yesterday, um, and it's oh the story it tells about what's going on within the U.S. right now. So. Last commercial break here, guys. We'll be back in about two minutes uh, for the conclusion of Mortgage Matters. Stick around.
0: Mortgage Matters with hosts Dan and Jason will be right back. Join the conversation by calling 543-8830 or 800-549-5832.
6: We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. (laughs) Central Coast Lending, Central Coast Lending. When you buy or refinance a home, just call 543-LOAN. Just call 543-LOAN. Just call call 543-LOAN. We're the mortgage experts on the Central Coast. Central Coast Lending.
1: Central Coast Lending is locally owned and operated with locations in Paso Robles, Morro Bay, Atascadero, San Luis Obispo, and Arroyo Grande.
0: You're tuned in to Mortgage Matters, which airs every Saturday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Your hosts, Dan and Jason from Central Coast Lending, want you to join the conversation by calling 800-549-5832. Now, back to the show.
6: Time.
7: Like a river, to the shore. walk away? Like
4: somewhere I don't
6: <laughs> <laughs>
5: Back when Hootie and the Blowfish was still Hootie uh, and the Blowfish. It reminds me of, uh, uh, I think it was an SNL skit. About Eddie Vedder? No, it's about uh, Hootie. And some dude's at the concert, he's like,
6: Hootie! Uh,
5: Hootie. He's at a Darius Rucker concert. oh uh, He's like, no, 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 man, it's, it's
4: Darius now. It's Darius now. Yeah. <laughs> he just can't get over. Yeah. No you're, no, you're a No, you're Hootie. <laughs> uh, I like him.
3: Hootie's awesome. Yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah. All right, this jobs report. Yeah, why bother? <laughs> why bother? Well, like old news now. Maybe we what should do you get think? to that. Yeah. All right. Hang, Hang on. Hey, hey, don't spoil the, uh, it. Don't spoil yeah, for, it. Uh, don't spoil it. <laughs> don't spoil it. <laughs> Before you do it, I want to draw. I think you missed the show. When we taught, or maybe I missed the show. I missed the show. <laughs> I missed the show. I did. It was me. All right. September. Jobs report. Remember that? So far ago.
5: Was that the one where it was negative job creation? Yeah. Did
3: you miss it? Did no, I miss no, it? No, we were we both talked about it. We, we were did?
4: Here. Yeah.
5: Okay.
3: So let's just <laughs> let's just go from there. I want to just back up a little bit before we touch into what happened, because we had some conversations about what might happen in November uh, when we get the October read. And and I think there's some significance here. Because for the last couple of weeks now saying, you know, as we talk around the office, we're always concerned about interest rates, where they're going, should you lock, what's up, a lot of market pressure. Uh, I knew this jobs report could be a big one. So going back, uh, yeah, September jobs numbers that we got that first week of October, minus 33,000 jobs. So we're used to talking about how many jobs are created. So. This is how many jobs are cut out of the US economy in the month of September. So what did you expect? What did you think might happen? Um, a lot of a lot of those jobs at that time, remember, it was, was a lot of hurricane stuff going on, basically all over that whole southern part of the US. Anything touching the Gulf was in trouble there. So um, we've been averaging close to 200,000 for a while. We've had a couple light months. We've had a couple big months. So we were minus thirty-three thousand. I was thinking Bet you make up for a whole lot of that when you get the October read. In fact, if the average has been close to two hundred thousand, you had minus thirty-three, should probably be plus four hundred after that period. So I'm thinking I'm thinking that the the normal watermark here is about four hundred thirty thousand jobs. That's where that's what you would have expected. Absent of the hurricane, you would have not lost thirty. So the absolute value between what you lost and what you probably have today is probably four hundred thirty thousand jobs. So I'm wondering, is you know, our economy, our markets do funny things lately. When you get that, hey, the U.S. economy added 450,000 jobs in the month of November, and and things would just go gangbusters. And we'd be over here going, hey, but for all you guys with the short memory, uh, we lost 33,000 in the previous month, so let's average out the two, right? Were you feeling like that? Were you thinking like that coming into Friday's number? What did you expect was going
5: to happen? That's what I expected. I expected a strong rebound, but not 400,000. So I think what happened, the result was, you know, 260,000 jobs added and then a revision to the prior two months to the tune of 90,000 jobs. So I think that, you know, I mean, in total, that was that was 350,000 jobs. To the positive side there. So that more or less made, you know, yeah. accomplish what you were hoping it would. Maybe not quite to the same yeah. degree, but close.
3: And from what I saw, I mean, and I'm I'm probably I'm probably painting a pretty picture just hoping that there's no net loss there. Um but from what you could tell, most economists were expecting about three hundred and fifty thousand jobs created. Again, just some pent up demand, right? Once we get so we got the water mopped up, time to reopen, there's gonna be a lot of new jobs. And um, so it's a good number. I mean, barring a bad, if we had 200 last month and then we had 260 this month, that'd be crazy. That's a great addition this time of year. So, but like you said, there were some backward revisions that actually corrected that minus 33,000 into like a plus 18,000. So that month had broken a streak of 84 consecutive months of job growth. Um, and so, I was, ah, that's a bummer. Um, now, with those backward revisions, we're back, baby. Yeah. 85 months. The streak months, is alive. Hey, Yeah, 85 <laughs> months of job creation. And so, um, you know, that that's good news. The other part of it, too, is
5: that the unemployment rate dropped. Did you see it? 4.1%. But. But the, there's always a big, but. You know, that labor participation was down oh. 700 some odd thousand. So it's always, you can't just get a bunch of good news. There's gotta right. be a little, a little, uh, reality check there. So I guess that was what it was. Every time the unemployment rate goes down, it seems to be due to labor participation declining as well. But Dude, take
3: the 4.1% part, that line suspended in context. The unemployment rate drops to 4.1%. Control C, mouse up to the top, control V, boom, font up to 20. Let's throw it bold. That's a great headline. (laughs) And many people that don't read past the headlines like, wow, things smoking. So consequently, consumer confidence is up really high, liking these numbers. Holy smokes. Consumer confidence is soaring after the jobs report. Um, Average hourly earnings is a spot to dig into on the jobs report too. That always tells us what's going on. Um, average hourly earnings were 2.4% higher in the month of October than they were a year earlier. So that's good, right? Going up, not very good if you compare it to inflation. It's like basically kind of keeping pace. So that's not a real um, great number. And, um, you know... Altogether, the market yesterday, you know, like I said, there was a lot of news this week, right? We had um, tax cut stuff come out. We had a Fed chair nomination. Um, We've seen the jobs report. All these things sort of all swirling in the pot now together, painting a picture that, you know, things are pretty good. They're not unbelievably good. It's hard to make an argument that they're not good. So take it. Feels like we're chipping away as we're closing in on the fourth quarter here. So uh interestingly enough, um the Dow finished only twenty-three points up yesterday. You think the market would have breathed a real sigh of relief when that job support mm-hmm. hits, right? And upward revisions are always good. I mean, that's good first tier data. Um, a good number like that, 261,000 jobs, that's good first-tier data. The market generally reacts to the unemployment rate without consideration to participation, I think largely because it moves confidence. And so that generally would have probably bolstered up our um, all of our stock market data. But instead, 22 points on the day is effectively flat. Um, the... 10-year bond yield was flat came open and closed at 2 point three four percent which is kind of right in the range of where it's been for the last couple of weeks I mean we were pushing up to 2.4 which was starting to put some upward pressure on interest rates now it's kind of back to normal so' be interesting to see next week you know as we get going um and here we're leading up to Um, next week will mark us heading into the month before the last Fed meeting of the year where we're told that interest rates are going to change. They're going to raise interest rates by a quarter of a percent. There's over an 85% chance of that happening today. So we basically need to just bank on it. Um, That being said, I'm reminded a few years ago, remember when uh, we transitioned from Bernanke to Yellen and there was a December meeting where it was known that Yellen was coming and Bernanke was kind of a lame duck. And we wondered if they would not. Um, in fact, I also think at the time, um, that was the taper tantrum era too. Um, would they announce? tapering, would they announce a rate hike, or would the lame duck chair kind of just sit out and watch what the – give the incoming chair like, you know what, hey, it was a good run. You're coming in. I'm not going to make policy changes here at the last meeting of my tenure as Fed chair. But this time, I mean, we have – every idea here that um, now we know there's a nominee unless something comes up with the confirmation, which neither of us are anticipating. um, This is going to be the last meeting for Fed chair Yellen. uh, And we're likely to see a rate hike. And we'll, you know, that's going to be the new basis point as we head into the the
5: wintry end of the fourth quarter. The other difference between that period of transition at the fed and this one is that the nominee this go around is a voting member is a current voting member of the fed whereas i'm pretty sure janet yellen was not a voting member of the fed at the time of her nomination so powell jerome powell is going to be you know He's not going to be some new guy coming in off the sidelines. He's already there. He's going to be at the De- November meeting, the December meeting, the you know, he's going to be at all the meetings up until he becomes the Fed chair, assuming that does actually happen. So, it's a little bit of a different transition. We'll see. Yeah. It's exciting nonetheless. And we're
3: getting in now like I mean we opened the show here talking about the holidays, right? Dan, you're not
5: ready for it? Well, I take them one at a time. I'm ready. <laughs> but the next one on the calendar is uh, is Thanksgiving. I love it. Okay, so I love we it. we don't do decorations for Christmas until Thanksgiving's over. Okay. And Jim, you're, you're voting.
3: Like you're just, voting the same. You you feel like Thanksgiving gets lost in the mix a little bit, and prefer to sometimes give yeah. it its spotlight it deserves. Yeah. yeah, I think it does. Because I'll tell you. Like, yeah, I am feeling more holiday ish now um i'm i'm like let's do it i'm kind of thinking like i'm kind of thinking about hanging the christmas lights why not too soon why dude let's make it longer we'll make it grander we'll make it uh we'll give it yeah what's wrong with that what's wrong with thanksgiving nothing i'm gonna do that too but i don't usually decorate the house and stuff for thanksgiving you know, where do you bring out your...
5: You have some, you know, some gourds sitting around, some fancy colored corn. Nah. You know, what is that horn? Cornucopia. The cornucopia. Hornucopia? Cornucopia. It's a cornucopia. Yeah. yeah, the cornucopia. I mean... No, I don't the, have all that the, stuff. The, but the fall harvest kind of decoration, and then pumpkins, you can move you can that sticky. out. It's a nice transition. You go from yeah. spooky fall harvest to, like, family fall harvest yeah. to
4: didn't carve Just a pumpkin you can tell keep you around
5: what, tell you what i'll tell you what
3: i'll talk to the wife about it <laughs> and find out what she wants <laughs> to do hey absurd. you know what i'm yeah.
5: good with whatever you guys decide because yeah. i'm gonna do what i'm gonna if do if
3: she wants to put out the gourds and the cornucopia and maybe like some pilgrim guys hanging on the door well we don't even have any of that so that's gonna have me out spending money yeah um
4: Th- that's true. But yeah, yeah. I'll,
3: I'll talk to the wife. We'll find out what she wants to do. But I wanted to tell you yeah. um last night the f- the final football game. Uh this so is my son just played his final football game on the junior varsity um Greyhounds. And uh anyhow, it was a it's so like the end of that season was cold. It felt very fallish. I mean, we were shivering watching the the final bit of the game there. Um But anymore, I I just feel like these years are just whizzing by, and it's I'm because you're old now. I know, but yeah. I feel like this. You know, it's my son. He's like almost halfway through his sophomore year now, and I feel like everything's just going so fast. It happens in a blink. So I'm kind of thinking, dude, if I lay out, start putting out Christmas stuff right now. Dude, make Christmas is like, you know, two-month-feeling thing. We won't miss it. It won't go as fast. It won't be like, oh, we hung it right after Thanksgiving, and now we're taking it down on New Year's. It'll be like, we'll be more ready for it, like we like we fully made it. We took
5: our time and spread it all out. And then you'll look back and you're like, dang, but what happened to Thanksgiving? I remember eating a big meal one night, but I don't remember the the holiday
4: Thanksgiving spirit. You do have a point, though. <laughs> you, you, you got your lighted Halloween Decorations. You got lighted hello Christmas decorations. I don't think I've ever seen a lighted turkey or a lighted pilgrims that you put out on the lawn. No, (laughs) but but it's just. I just feel like it gets lost in the washing, especially like with the Black Friday stuff. And you
3: always get to stay home for Thanksgiving too.
4: Yeah, I never
3: get to stay home for Thanksgiving. My three brothers are all paramedic firefighter dudes, and so they never know if they're off or not. We end up eating on like Friday or Saturday or something, anyway. And so, honestly, for me, the Thanksgiving is a lot of driving. Um, the meal is like not as significant. Uh, I really love getting to get together with all those guys and just spend the time. Um, but anymore, it's less about that Thursday anyway. So it's it's usually like. We really struggle to get most of us together and then there's a um it's a day or two off of the normal schedule anyway. So it's basically like the warm up to Christmas anyhow. You know. But instead of doing a turkey, then at Christmas you like cook a ham, right? That's the deal. You probably do sure. a turkey too, 'cause you A goose. Mm. A okay. goose. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, that's how the other half's live. Turducken? I, 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 I don't think I've ever even tried goose. Never have. You going to cook a goose this year? No. All right. Um, I mentioned earlier in the show, too, we've been busy, you guys. Um, and we're busy because it's a good time in the market. Interest rates are behaving themselves nicely. Um, I always like this time of year to transact business. So if you're wanting to get pre-approved maybe to buy a house or come up with a plan to be able to buy one next year, Or if you have a loan that you might um, be wondering, like the story I told about my friend Nate, who's had a loan for 10 years, and it's not a good loan, Uh, maybe you want to talk about a 15-year loan, maybe you want to get rid of mortgage insurance, maybe you're one of those people that has a 6% 30-year fix and you just um, sat around on it lazily and never did anything with it, it's a great time to check in on it, so... Find us on the web. We're at centralcoastlending.com or call us. One phone number rings all of our offices. It's 543-LOAN. We'd be happy to be able to review a scenario with you and talk you through what your options are. But um, thanks much for being with us today, Mary. Thanks for your phone call. We'll be back next week with another
7: episode of Mortgage Matters. Be well.